Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Welcome back to Studio WIC. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. So I'm start singing welcome back. Connie. Welcome back. <laughs> so Heather recently I know you traveled to Florida and I think it wasn't long after your trip or maybe while you were there, Southwest had their big airline issues. Yeah, that was I think that was right after was it after that was after Christmas. I think it was right? after Christmas. Like between Christmas and New Year's, I think they had some issues. I think they're still dealing with them. Well, maybe not by the time we this podcast airs, but the beginning mm-hmm. of this year, they've dealt with quite a bit of issues and, and travel, their travel woes. They've had to really reduce their prices mm-hmm. and give a lot of money back to some pretty angry travelers, which definitely probably did not do good for their bottom line. But all of the travel and the things that we've seen in the news with that kind of segues to our topic today. So Heather, why don't you share what our topic is today? Our topic today, we are talking about solo travel. So not just if you're single traveling, but if you're traveling by yourself, really any tips that we have today could be applied to a group of people, a family, friends, people that are traveling. If you're traveling at all for business or pleasure, we're going to talk about our experiences because both of us have traveled a lot. You've done more air travel probably than me because you've traveled a lot for work. Yeah, I did. A, I've done a yeah. lot of air travel for work in and the I, past, mm-hmm. and I've done some a lot of air travel, traveling to see family and stuff. But I have done a lot of car solo car trips, traveling many miles across the southeastern United States. So that's what we're going to talk about today: is solo travel tips. Our one single thought for today makes me chuckle. It is. Prepare for the worst and expect the best. Prepare for the worst and expect the best. So we're going to start where any trip you take, no matter what method you use, whether it's air, car, train, boat, you have to pack to go on the trip. So Rose, you have some tips from your experiences of trying to travel light. So what are your packing tips for road trips? So I have had some experience not only myself personally but also my parents did a lot of travel uh, short road trips so I learned a lot from them as well but there are a lot of different packing methods and when I would prepare for a trip it makes a difference how I pack depending on if I'm packing for a road trip or for air travel clearly for a road trip you can sort of pack as much as you want and as many bags (laughs) and suitcases and all sorts of things because as long as it fits into your car that's all that matters but when you're traveling for an air travel trip it makes a big difference because a lot of airlines unless you're a premium traveler charges Mm -hmm. you for you know at least one bag that you that you check so you want to be real strategic with your packing so when I would go travel let's say for a business trip and even for a you know a, a fun trip uh, obviously, in my, my suitcase, I would pack shoes, clothes, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. One of the tips for packing is to make sure that the things that you pack, personally, I like things that are not going to wrinkle, that'll be wrinkle-free. Mm-hmm. Because I realize hotel rooms have irons. If you stay with family, they have irons. Who wants to iron when you're on yeah. a trip? So you want to pack things in such a way 
that they you, that you pack things that are non-wrinkly type clothing mm-hmm. or this little trick of putting tissue paper in your suitcase between yeah. your clothes so that way it helps them to reduce wrinkle also as women a lot of times we get real hung up on bringing every kind of type of shoes that we want to have (laughs) and i would recommend to resist that temptation and narrow it down to one pair of shoes you have on and then maybe one or two that you can pack but not to bring a lot of shoes shoes take up a lot of room Mm -hmm. in your suitcase and especially for air travel you really don't want to have to pack any more than than you absolutely need the other thing is cosmetics and toiletries. And one of the tricks I learned from my parents in their travels is they always, they just kept their cosmetics and toiletries packed at all times. Mm. So my mom had, back in the day, had the old-fashioned toiletry suitcase that they're the train used to. case the train case i actually case. have one of those still they're so cool i don't want to get rid of it it's from the 90s i still yeah. have it yeah so she always kept that completely packed with all their toiletries now if my mom had any kind of makeup things like that she would put it in there before travel so what i would do is i kept a toiletry bag with my toothpaste toothbrush deodorant mm-hmm. And all these, all the things I would need for toiletries, soap, shampoo, all of it, I would pack or I would, I would just keep packed and I would just restock that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't have to, when I got ready to go on a trip, have to pull my toiletries from my bathroom counter and, yeah. and do that. All I had to do was put my makeup in a bag and I was ready to go. This was really good because a lot of times I would go for maybe a day trip or two day trip for work and the quicker I could pack, the better it would be. Mm-hmm. I got to the point where I could literally pack for a week business trip very quickly within maybe 30 minutes I could be packed just Mm -hmm. because that part of the packing I didn't really have to do I just made sure when I came back from a trip if something needed to be restocked I would always go and buy the travel sizes or buy the travel size bottles that I could put stuff in yeah and I would leave it all in that same travel bag that I took with me of cosmetics and toiletries so that's one way if you travel a lot Mm -hmm. to do that I always checked a bag, whatever bag I checked at the airport Mm -hmm. would be the bag where all of my cosmetics and toiletries were. So I wouldn't have any issue with security Mm. with liquids and things like that. Now, let's say that you're going to go on a road trip. One of the things that you may forget to pack along with your clothes, toiletries, cosmetics, all of that are snacks. So you I wanna, never forget snacks. Never forget snacks. So never forget your road trip snacks. Uh, it's always cheaper to buy those at the dollar store or at the grocery store than it is to stop at a gas station or mm-hmm. a, a fuel stop on your on the road to pick up something. Even though you still do, it's always good um, to have your staple road trip snacks packed. The other thing is electronics. So we live in a day and age where... You know, we got to have everything charged and charged well. Typically, when I did air travel, I would check a bag. And then, of course, I always usually flew with Delta, uh, which I will say, Amazon is the way to buy, Delta is the way to fly, and Jesus is the way to die. Okay, that's that's my motto, okay? <laughs> Buy everything from Amazon, always fly Delta, and never live without Jesus. I do agree with you on Delta. Well, on Jesus, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do I agree with you on Delta. Delta yeah, is Delta's nice. great. Mm-hmm. So Delta, I was, I'm was i a SkyMalls member, so I can get one bag for free. So I would check a bag, and then I would take my backpack with my laptop, a book, mm-hmm. 
I was a little too, I, I was guess I was too brave. I never packed a set of clothes in there, even though they always tell you yeah. to. But um, but I always made sure I had chargers for everything in that backpack. Chargers for my phone, if I brought a Kindle, uh, obviously my laptop. So you want to be sure that you have plenty of all of your electronic chargers before you leave. So make a list of that. Make sure that's on the list. And then, of course, if you take any sort of medicines, again, people, at, you know, if you go through security, uh, if they find medicine, they want it in the original bottle. But because I took a lot of medicine, I usually would put it in a checked bag or I would just keep enough on me to get me through if my bag for somehow was delayed getting to me. But uh, always think when you're packing is what is the least amount of things I can take and feel like I have what I need. I think we're Mm -hmm. always, when you're not used to traveling and having to pack, you will always overpack. And so if you have, let's say you're going to be gone for longer than a week, if you have access to a washer dryer or Mm -hmm. whatever, try to, to be more conscious of that. Especially, we'll talk about this later, but as a person with disabilities, sometimes I had to pack aids and things with me, um, and it, that took other, you know, space in my my suitcase. So you want to make sure that you know you have you can take everything you absolutely need, mm-hmm. and be more have more space for other things. So Heather, can you share how you prepare to head on a road trip? Things that you keep in mind while you're traveling, and how you prepare for that road trip. Typically, unless you know I'm going somewhere with a friend or something, I'm always traveling alone. If I'm taking a big solo road trip, it's usually to go visit my family who lives 12 plus hours away. And so I do a lot of planning. And now now that I've done it so many years, I have gotten things down into a routine so I don't have to do as much pre-planning. But traveling as a single woman or a woman traveling by herself, whether you're single or married, you're traveling by yourself as a female, there's some things you need to be careful with because you're female you're more vulnerable typically which is sad to say in this the world we live in you know that's what we have to deal with so first of all for anyone no matter who you are make sure your vehicle is ready get checked out get your oil changed get your tires checked make sure you're good to go i usually do that right before um i make sure that i know my route and so when my family my parents moved from south carolina to florida i had to i was so used to traveling from Louisville to South Carolina that I was, you know, I knew that route like the back of my hand. I didn't really have to do any kind of planning. I would just throw a bag in the car and go. And it was much shorter time to get there than it is now to get down to Florida. So now what I've had to do is really understand the route because I'm having to go from Kentucky to Florida. And so depending on traffic and all that, it can take much longer, especially if you're going through Nashville, Chattanooga, and Atlanta, which are three major cities with a lot of traffic especially Atlanta, knowing the route, making sure you have a reliable GPS on your phone or in your car, or if you're old school, make sure you have some roadmaps in there. (laughs) Um, But just making sure that you know the route and being ready for delays if they come up. So planning ahead for that, especially if you're, I would say even if you're not going on a big road trip, having AAA as a female, especially if you're single, if you're taking care of yourself, Having AAA, even if it's with your car insurance, having roadside assistance where they'll come and help you out if you get stuck is really good. I I feel really safe having AAA with me. I'm not. This is not a endorsement. Not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, not sponsored. But that I feel a lot better having that traveling all over creation with 
AAA membership. And you know what another little nice perk of AAA is? If you're with somebody who doesn't have AAA mm-hmm. and they need assistance, you can use your AAA card. Yeah, if you're card. in the car with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I I definitely would recommend, and it's a yearly fee. So if you can swing it for the year, I think the gold membership is like $85 a year. And so if you're able to afford that, that's it's worth the money, mm-hmm. I think. Also, like finding ways to pass the time. So if you're driving by yourself, you need to be able to stay awake. <laughs> And so I love checking out audiobooks from the library, from mm. the Libby app, or some of the other audiobook apps, just so you can have something to keep your mind going. Because music is great, and I love listening to music and singing along the way, but after a while, it's real easy to kind of get in, in a rut. And so I I love having a book, and I like to listen listen to either classic novels or like old children's novels. Like I listen to The Secret Garden, a good story that pulls you in. So I've, I've listened to books that I always wanted to read and never did mm-hmm. as a kid, and so that's been really fun. Also, knowing the safe places to stop. So especially if you're traveling alone as a female. I usually beforehand, if I don't know the route very well, I'll get online and check out the exits along the interstates I'm going on to see what's there. I will look at the route and then I'll plan out how many hours it will typically take for me to get there. And so I know, okay, well, it takes me about two hours to get from here to there. What's along the way? Where would be a good place to stop? And so I can be on the lookout for it when it comes up. Um, I do like to stop at rest areas, and some people feel kind of weird about that. But if it's a good one that's in a decent area, so usually the welcome centers, when you cross over into a new state, there's a welcome center right there. Those are usually pretty populated because people are wanting to check out the brochures and stuff. (laughs) So um, especially during the day. So I usually stop at rest areas if they're well populated and Usually not at night, I won't do that, but any place that has a cracker barrel at their exit is usually pretty decent. <laughs> so there, that means there's a lot, it's a tourist stop, and so there's probably a lot of reputable businesses around there. Quick Trip gas stations, which I don't know if they're moving up towards Kentucky. I think there might be a few in Kentucky now, but I haven't seen them around here as much. I've seen a lot in Georgia and South Carolina, but there's... That I love those gas stations because they're usually pretty clean and it's just an, it's a nice. They have a huge coffee bar and a huge soda fountain and so it's it's nice to to stop at those Bucky's, <laughs> which we'll get. Everybody into. loves Bucky's. Bucky's is now moving its way up into Kentucky. There's some in Georgia. There's one in Richmond, yes, Kentucky. Yes, it's like the world. If you don't know about Bucky's, it's B U C dash E E. It's a beaver mascot. Look it up on Google if you have never heard of Bucky's, because I know there's probably people out there who haven't heard of Bucky's. But once you've been to one, your your mind will be blown. Let me just tell you, <laughs> it is a gas I've station. I've never been to stories. Bucky's. Well, we need to go on a road trip. We need to do a little <laughs> road trip, trip to, Bucky's. to Bucky's. Yes, it is quite the experience. If you're just going to the restroom, there's quite an experience. <laughs> and that's like any truck stops that are pretty, like Pilot loves those places. I usually stop there. So after I've gone a route a few times, I usually figure out, okay, this is a safe exit. Usually I can stop here and not have any issues. And so I will always stop at the same place every time I go on the route. 
if that's if it's a trip that I make frequently, so going to visit family, if it's a place that I've never been before and probably won't return, it does take a little more research, just knowing the route and making sure I know where I can stop and all that kind of stuff. And then just making sure you can stop every two to three hours just to get out of your car because for one, you get fatigued and then it's not good for you to be sitting that long. And so even if you're trying to be tough and like have a bladder of steel and you can make it eight <laughs> hours without going to the bathroom, <laughs> which I don't know how you do that, but... Um, it's good to get out of your car every once in a while, so just make plans to stop. I tend to, when I'm traveling from Kentucky to Florida, I always stop overnight in Georgia because it's halfway point. So I usually stop around Atlanta. And so I always find hotels with good reviews online, mm-hmm. ones that are hotels and not motels. So the doors are inside the building, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit safer. Um, I always research the neighborhoods. I check out the reviews to see if families go there or is it solo female travelers go there. And I found when I come back from Florida, so when I'm coming back up, I usually stop in Macon. And there is an exit that has a Publix and a Chick-fil-A and all these restaurants right next to each other. And so that's become my Macon stop because... (laughs) (laughs) It's got everything I need, and if I want to stop at Publix before Mm -hmm. I go to the hotel, then it's right there. So I just do a lot of research. Oh, I did find, because I travel through Atlanta usually, and I usually stay around Atlanta when I stop overnight, that I found that if you're willing to do it, if I'm going south through Atlanta, I usually stop just north of Atlanta on a Saturday night, and then early morning on a Sunday morning, I will drive through Atlanta. I found that the traffic is the best, mm. not quite as busy. And so that's why when I come back up north, I stop in Macon, which is just a little bit south of Atlanta. And then it gets me through Atlanta on Sunday morning. And so, or do it on a Friday night and a Saturday morning. But mm-hmm. on the weekends, on the, in the morning is really good, good timing to get through Atlanta. So travel tips for driving through major cities like that. That's good. Yeah. Oh, and also when you're a single woman traveling alone, And you get somewhere, and this would be even, I think, if you're flying, but be really cautious about going around by yourself at night in a strange place if you're not sure where you are, if you're not familiar with the place. Because you might be like, okay, I've been driving all day. I want to go walk around. I want to go see the city, or I just want to get out and go to the mall or whatever it is nearby, your hotel. I'm usually, I usually don't do that. Usually once I'm in, I'm in. Mm -hmm. I don't go exploring by myself because I don't know what kind of neighborhood I'm in. Well, that brings up a good point. I didn't mention this earlier, but just even just figuring out, you know, where your destination is, you know, how you're going to get from airport yeah. to to hotel and that kind of thing. Yeah. And we didn't even get into like rental cars and stuff, mm-hmm. which I haven't done a lot of that. So, which I'll talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that um, in a little bit, but I think it's those kind of things. Like, for example, you might land at an air and I've had this happen to me before that you book a rental car, but the rental car is is location is off of airport property and i remember having to lug my luggage to like a a bus stop at the airport that would take me to an off-site pickup and i was like what in the world and so i I, you start to look at your you're more conscious of where the rental cars are located so that you make sure you're not doing that because i did that like at yeah 9 30 at night so not good Mm. What are your tips for traveling by airplane? Because you've done a lot more business travel than I have. So what are some tips for that? Yeah, so I think first off, I would say if you can check in online, do that. And I think just about every airline allows you to do that. 
The Delta app is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. It'll tell you what <laughs> gates you're going to be at, your connecting flight is at. It tells you when your bags are on the plane. Yes. Listen, people, when I said <laughs> Amazon is the only way to buy, Delta is the only way to fly, Jesus is the only way to die, we mean it. Delta is the bomb. You don't want to get, like... We're going to get mean, hate mail from all these people probably. that hate Delta. Let me first say that. Um, someone of a can be a bougie traveler, okay? <laughs> Especially when it comes to air travel. And, you know, you can check it online with Southwest, but you still don't have a seat. You still got to be in the right, you know, unless you're in seating group A, you're, you're host. Like, you're going to mm -hmm. be sitting in a middle seat between <laughs> two crazy people. Anyhow, check in online if possible, because that just saves you time when you get to the airport. Usually you can check in 24 hours in advance. Now, you have to decide when you're arriving at the airport, are you going to drive your car? Now, <clears throat> if you drive your car, you know, do you want to park in long-term parking? Maybe you want somebody to drop you off. Or the other option is to Uber. That's, the, that's a great way to do it because if you don't have someone that can take you to the airport and you don't want to pay for long-term parking, um, it's great. Uber is a lot cheaper, typically, than long-term parking. Now, obviously, if you're if it's a business trip, your company will pay for that long-term parking. I always try to be as uh, you know frugal with my company's money as possible. But decide how you're going to get to and from the airport, and you'll need to decide that long before the day of the trip, of course. You want to make sure that you think about what's the clothing I'm going to wear for travel. I typically like to, unless I'm going right off the plane and heading to an office or I've got to go right to work, I prefer to travel where I have a day to travel. Mm. And when I, when I used to fly for work, a lot of that was headed to the West Coast. And from Louisville, Kentucky to the West Coast, it'll take you all day to travel. So I would always dress very comfortably comfortable pants, comfortable sweatshirt, whatever, depending on the time of year t-shirt. And then I would always wear easy on and easy off shoes. Maybe that's Crocs. Maybe that's some kind of loafer. But because you go through security and you're going to have to take your shoes off and go through all that, then you'll want to make it as easy as possible so when you get through security you're moving along as fast as possible because you don't know how long it's going to take and obviously if you arrive at the airport in plenty of time it's not a problem but if you're pressed for time then that's that's not a good thing now if you travel a whole lot i would recommend getting a tsa pre-check which mm -hmm. allows you to to pay a fee i think it's an annual fee or maybe longer than that, i'm not sure but you pay a fee for TSA pre-check and you go through all the screening ahead of time and you've got a basically an ID that allows you to pass through all the security screening. Mm -hmm. I would recommend that if you travel a lot by air because I think it would save you a lot of time. You want to make sure that you that you have cash for tips. So there's all sorts of ways that people can be assisting you throughout air travel, whether it be with your bags, Ubers, if you happen to have any physical people in, you know, face to face mm -hmm. with you, you want to make sure you've got cash on you for things like tips. Also, we talked about the Delta app. One of the little perks about the Delta app that I love, which is kind of silly, <laughs> but it actually has a place in there where you can record where you parked your car at the airport. It does? I've not seen it. Yes. So I would say, okay, I'm on this level. 
I'm in this area, whatever. So when I came back from my trip, it, it would have it in there where I could find out where my car was parked. I believe at one point, I haven't used it lately for obvious reasons, that I could take a picture of the area as well. So you want to make sure that whatever airline that you're you're flying, I believe that Heather just realized that that is oh, an option on their Delta app. I've never noticed this. <laughs> yes, it's I'm pretty so cool. I'm so excited. I want to park the. I want to pay to park at the airport <laughs> so I can use it. So <laughs> when anytime you're flying, whether it's Delta, United, American, you name it, make sure you use their apps mm. because. I am sure it's not just Delta, but all the apps are very specific to their airlines and are really, really good. At minimum, you want to use an app like Flight Aware, which lists all airlines, all flights. You can check status from anywhere for any flight. So if you don't use the actual airline app, I would recommend that you at least get flight aware. But as a Delta lover, um, I can't say enough about their app because it's really, really, really helpful. Um, so Heather, what, you know, when we talk about we have air travel, we have road travel, but I think both of us have some interesting things that we have to think about when we travel. And you, Heather, are a person with celiac disease and you've got food restrictions. That's obviously plays havoc with, with travel. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle things like that? Yeah, celiac disease is a challenge. Um, I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but if you have not heard that, I've got celiac disease. So if you don't know what that is, it's an intolerance to wheat, rye, and barley, and I also cannot eat oats. And it's an autoimmune disease, so I'll get very sick if I eat them. And so it does create a challenge with traveling. Thankfully, I've been doing it so long now, the gluten-free diet, that it's gotten to be old hat for me, so I, it's, I don't even really think about it much anymore. But for road trips, typically, I don't plan to stop at restaurants on the way because trying to find safe places to eat can be challenging. And if I don't know the area I'm going to, I, it's going to be really hard to find a place. I do have an app that I use a lot for restaurants called Find Me Gluten-Free, and it's got, an, it's got a website, too, if you don't want to use the, the app, but it helps me locate restaurants in the area. And so other people that are gluten-free will rate different restaurants. So if I'm in a place, I can search by location and find one that's close by, but that doesn't always, that's not always going to be available. I mean, you might be out in the middle of nowhere with nothing to eat. So um, usually I don't plan to eat out when I drive somewhere. I always bring a decent sized cooler in the back seat with food for each meal. So if I'm going to be gone for, you know, my trips to Florida usually take two days because I stop overnight. So I usually bring food for lunch and dinner and then breakfast and maybe one more lunch. And so I, I try to eat pretty simply. It's usually a lot of sandwiches and stuff and whatever I can get in there in the in the cooler but heat up in the microwave at the hotels but i do usually have a boatload of food with me everywhere i travel <laughs> and it, i mean i have meals and all kinds of snacks to get me through the day and then usually when i'm booking the hotel i i look for a hotel that's got a fridge and a microwave in the room that's something i've got to look for because i got to be able to eat and usually i mean if i stop at the the making stop that's got the Publix and the chick-fil-a i usually might i might stop there and get a salad or something or i'll go into Publix and get a frozen dinner and then i can heat it up but 
I just make sure I've got enough food to get me going. And that helps you save money too for anybody. Even if you don't have a food allergy or intolerance, bringing your own food on a trip helps you save money. When you're flying with a celiac disease, it's a little trickier because you may have a layover, a pretty long layover. Um, I don't worry about it too much if I've got a short layover, but even then you can get a delayed flight. And so you're stuck in an airport with no dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And so sometimes what I'll do, and I I usually fly through Atlanta um, when I'm traveling, but usually what I'll do is you you can go online and look up the airport terminals. Most cities have a website for their airports. And you can see what restaurants are available. You can even go on the Find Me Gluten-Free app and put in the address of the airport and see what comes up. Sometimes people will rate the restaurants in the airport um, if you're willing to pay $100 for a hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) The the Atlanta airport's got several places that I'm able to eat at, um, but I just have to look for them. But then the pandemic, um, because they were short-staffed, a lot of the restaurants were closed. So I did... I did see that when I was traveling during the pandemic some. But a lot of gift shops and stuff in the airport are now, they're catering to more of the natural foods. So there's a lot more gluten-free snack options. So if there's a pinch where I just can't find any restaurants where I could get a real meal, I'll just go and buy a bunch of snacks like beef jerky and dried fruit and chips. And <laughs> and I'll just make a meal out of that. But the key for traveling, with whether you have celiac disease or any kind of food issue, is to never go without a backup plan. You can't go unprepared. You always, if you're a celiac, you know this. <laughs> All my celiacs out there, holla. <laughs> holla! <laughs> but... You know you can't go unprepared. You always have to be ready for not be able to eat in a situation. So I, if I'm traveling somewhere other than family where I know they'll have food for me, I always have food. And whether even if it's just a snack bar in my purse, I've always got something on me because I don't want to be stuck and not able to eat. I know one time I did travel for work and I had a whole jar of peanut butter in my suitcase (laughs) (laughs) and all this other stuff. I just brought all kinds of food and my my suitcase was so heavy and I was only traveling for three days. (laughs) (laughs) I had to bring food. And so always have a backup plan no matter where you're going, no no matter what the method of travel is, make sure you got a backup plan. That's good. Yeah. Heather, what do you think? I know you mentioned that the gift shops and things mm-hmm. in airports have, are better on natural foods and such, but do you think in general restaurants are getting more gluten-free friendly than they have in the past? Some of them are, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an organization that will train restaurants mm-hmm. on how to prepare gluten-free, so they have to follow a certain protocol, but unless they've been trained that way... They can have gluten-free options, but they can still make you sick if you're not careful. Right. Like I went to a restaurant recently with my sister, and we asked the server, we said, what is gluten-free on the menu? And she's like, well, technically the fries are gluten-free um, because we have a separate fryer, but our, our manager fries everything in the same fryer like mm. he, it's maybe, cross-contaminated. cross-contaminates mm-hmm. so they had a separate fryer but the boss of the restaurant <laughs> was putting everything in the both fryers so they can say they're gluten-free but it's only as good as the wait staff and the kitchen help and all of that mm. and the manager <laughs> right exactly so, I just go to places I trust and places with good reviews I really trust reviews a lot on mm. on those gluten-free community apps and stuff it really helps 
So, and Rose, I know you've got a whole different situation you've dealt with, obviously being an amputee, but even before with RA, mm-hmm. you've traveled a lot with that. And you haven't been able to travel recently, but you did have these mobility limitations. So what are some tips as someone who's traveling with a mobility issue with mm-hmm. somebody that somebody who's having trouble getting around? I haven't traveled yet as an amputee. Goodness, I'm lucky to get in and out of the car and mm-hmm. go local. But I, I hope to, to travel again um, as an amputee. I'm, I'm hoping that it won't stop me eventually. But I would say as a person with RA, which is rheumatoid arthritis, uh, mobility has always been an issue for me. So let's talk about road trips first. Honestly, I love traveling somewhere by car just because it allows me to make my own schedule. Mm-hmm. I can leave when I want to leave. I can take the time I want to take. I'm not having to be tied to an airline schedule. Obviously, when you're traveling across country or longer than eight or ten hours, driving is sometimes not always the best option. But if I do uh, a road trip, one of the things that I I like to factor in is to plan enough time for stops to stretch and get out. Mm-hmm. And Heather, you mentioned this earlier, it's not good for anybody to sit for a long, long period of time in a car. So that's even more important for someone who has RA or just needs to be able to stretch. And so I will, as much as I want to power on through, you know, I try to stop not only to stop to eat, but to stop to take, you know, a rest break, a stretch break, that kind of thing. For air travel, let me just say that if you have any mobility issues at all, and even if it's temporary, if you have a broken leg and you're on crutches, do not sleep on the wheelchair assistance mm-hmm. that airports provide. Every airport provides it. It's free of charge. Uh, I typically would tip the guys or gals mm-hmm. who would take me, which kind of refers back to have cash for tips. But if you check in at the desk and and you tell them, I need wheelchair assistance, and let's say you're going to have a connecting flight. If you say, I need wheelchair assistance all the way through, Mm -hmm. they tag your ticket that you will receive a wheelchair everywhere you go. The wheelchair comes to to the check-in desk, like they come in that area, you just sit in one of the chairs and wait. They take you in in an airport wheelchair, and they wheel you all the way to the gate, and when it's your time to get on, you get to be one of the first people on. Then, when you get off of the airplane, there's a wheelchair waiting at the end of the jetway at the door for you, and they wheel you to the next gate. In bigger airports, say I arrive, let's say in San Francisco International, they will usually take me to baggage claim, but then I'm sort of on my own to get my rental Mm -hmm. car or whatever. So once Uber became a, and Lyft became a big deal, then I no longer got rental cars. So I would highly recommend if you're going somewhere, especially solo, as we're talking about today, whether that be for business or pleasure, I would highly recommend that you do Ubers and Lyfts as opposed to getting a rental car because typically there's a lot more walking that has to be done to get to a rental car facility. Or as I mentioned earlier, I had to go walk to a bus stop to get on a bus then Mm -hmm. to take me to get my rental car. Whereas Uber and Lyft will come right to the baggage claim Mm -hmm. doors. They'll pick you up, take you right to the door of a hotel or wherever you're going. So wheelchair assistance... I believe is 
amazing and I highly recommend it. So no matter what your issue is, wheelchair assistance is the step above the little trams you see Mm -hmm. that'll pick people up in the airport. It's good because you are guaranteed. In fact, one time, because the security line was so long, they actually took me by wheelchair underground to the employee security. Oh, wow. So that I could get through faster. And usually if you're in a wheelchair, you also will get through security a little bit faster in general because they'll take you through a different way. Mm -hmm. Now this is for traveling with people, but if you're traveling with people, they get to go with you and they love you because you're in a wheelchair. (laughs) So I've done this with business travelers before and my employees, a couple employees are with me and they loved it because they got to cut line and and go with me. So what, what if you have like a really short, layover and you have to sprint to your next plane do they run (laughs) so they will either run or they'll like walkie talkie and say hey i've got i've got passenger blah 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 that is coming for this flight and they'll hold the flight oh wow i'm just i'm just picturing them yeah running down the corridor with pushing you while running i've never been in that situation but i've seen them do it where they've had people in a wheelchair where they've called ahead and said hey i've got passenger mm-hmm. sally jones and she's coming by wheelchair so the other thing too is remember whether it's a business trip or a personal trip for me the reason i did it was because i didn't want to use up every bit of energy i had and be exhausted the day yeah. after travel because it would take a lot out of me to, to be hot you know hauling my backpack mm-hmm. and trying to get from point a to point mm-hmm. b so don't be afraid i have a lot of people who have said oh i don't want to impose you're not imposing I mean they have these mm-hmm. especially the big airports have tons of people that mm-hmm. are just ready on call to pick you up and, and take yeah. you the other thing too is if you're staying in a hotel do your research on hotels beyond the safety portion if you have different limitations you want to make sure your hotel is equipped for your needs so you want to make sure if you need a handicap room that you have it you want to make sure if you're going to a hotel with a second floor You want to make sure there's an elevator. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but there are some hotels that don't have an elevator to the second floor Mm -hmm. location, which is kind of not ADA compliant, but whatever. If they don't have any first floor hotel rooms, they may try to put you in a second floor. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you, you know, if you do your research, if you stay at a hotel and you want to make sure you have a first floor accessible room, you may just, or make sure you have, that there's an elevator, you want to check all those things out. Especially even in the shower and the bathroom area, if you need a shower, like in my case now, I would need a shower with a, with a bench as an amputee. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure, does it come with that? What, what amenities come in a handicap room? And so don't be afraid to call as well, the actual hotel. Most hotel staff members are very helpful to answer those questions. And plus you kind of get a feel for their customer service. So if you sense that they're not very friendly or this is, doesn't seem like you have a good comfort about it, then move on to the next hotel because somewhat like the dieting restrictions we're seeing more and more adaptive hotels um, than we have have ever in the past but planning ahead doing your research is really the way way to go if you have any sort of health or mobility issues so you can make sure that you know your access and your stay and your trip it will go without any kind of hiccups so, Heather, we all know that Ricky traveled <laughs> with you to Florida for the holidays. Yes, he did. So, why don't you share your tips from that excursion? We shared some in our episodes prior, but what are Ooh. some tips you can share for those that might be traveling with a cat or with any kind of pet? 
Well, I'm going to share traveling with a cat because that's what I know. Yes. I have traveled with dogs before. Mm-hmm. I do think dogs, yes, I will admit dogs are a little easier to travel with. They don't stress out as much. <laughs> but I will give you, if you are feeling brave and would like to travel with your cat, it can be done. <laughs> and I will try to give you a few tips here. This is not an exhaustive list and. I can't tell you how much I prepared. It was just months of thinking through how I was going to do this because I didn't want it to go bad. Heather's very good at preparing for things. Yes. Let me just say she's like the Girl Scout when it comes to stuff like this. Well, it, it does. It fits her one single thought or prepare for the worst and expect the best. Yeah. So traveling with a cat, first thing you need to ask yourself Is your cat ready for travel? Mm -hmm. Is your cat able to travel? Some cats don't have the right personality. Some cats just need to stay in their house with their stuff. They don't need to ever leave it. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're just not, they don't have the right temperament. Ricky is very outgoing. He loves, he's very curious. And so I started noticing that about him when just interacting as I got to know him. That he's a very curious cat. He loves to be with me. He he seems very interested in the outdoors. Like looking out the window and peeking through the door. He's very interested in the people and the dogs that walk by. So he's not he's not typically very scared. He is when they come in the room with him. But <laughs> looking through the window, he's very interested. So that kind of clued me in. that Hey, maybe Ricky would be okay traveling. And so... Making sure your cat is ready to go. First of all, take your cat to the vet, which seems like a no-brainer, but some people don't take their animals to vets ever. Even if it's not a cat, if you have a dog or whoever, whatever you have that you would like to travel with you, if it's an iguana or a chinchilla or whatever, (laughs) take it to the vet. Make sure it's got a clean bill of health, that it's okay to travel that it's not got any issues that you need to be aware of, especially if they're old. If you have an older pet that may need to have certain things taken care of, medication or bathroom issues, you want to make sure your vet clears them. When I took him to the vet, she recommended the gabapentin, which helped him relax through the trip. And that re- I'm so glad I did that because it really helped him chill out for the travel portion. The next thing is thinking through scenarios. So this is where my planning really started. And I did this months ahead of time when I I first started considering maybe at Christmas I will take my cat with me (laughs) when I travel (laughs) to Florida. And so I just started thinking through Ricky's day. So he, he eats, he goes to the bathroom, and he sleeps. That's his day. He likes to play. So in each scenario he would be in. So he'll be in the car, he'll be in an overnight hotel room, and he'll be at my parents' house. What's the day going to look like for him? And so that helped me start thinking through, like, the things I would need to bring. And so I just started making a huge list in my phone of everything that I knew that Ricky would need to get through like it was a normal day for him, even though the, the environment would be changing constantly. I wanted him to feel comfortable and feel like there was still some normalcy there. So I just made sure I had his stuff. And so I had to think through everything that I used for Ricky. So his his bedding, his food dishes his food, his toys. I made sure I brought all that because I wanted him to feel comfortable. And then thinking about where I was taking him. So I was taking him into a hotel room, researching hotels that would first take cats because just because it says pet friendly doesn't mean it's cat friendly. You'd be surprised. True by Hilton takes the girl, one girl I called. She's like, oh yeah, we take rabbits and snakes and monkeys and cats. <laughs> like, okay, well, 
I'll bring my cat. <laughs> um, but they usually have a fee they charge you uh, if you stay at a hotel, especially with a cat. So just make sure you ask about that. There'll be a there'll be a fee attached to it. But but I'm thinking through like I'm bringing Ricky to this place. What's going to freak him out the most? Especially at my parents' house because he was going to be there the longest. So I was able to travel down there before I took Ricky with me earlier in the year. And so I, when I was there, I started looking around their house and saying, okay, is that going to be a problem? Like there, there's a space under there. Is he going to end up hiding under there? Walking through things with my parents. Like, okay, is it all right if Ricky ends up on top of the bookcase? Are you going to be okay with that? So there's different things like that. Just talking through looking for danger spots. So if he ends up in this closet, is there something in there that could get him, that could hurt him? Um, does that need, that door need to stay closed and that kind of thing. So I just started really thinking through all these scenarios just to make sure he was going to be safe and that he would be comfortable. Then the next big hurdle with Ricky is getting him ready to travel. And so that's when training came into play. And that's when I started doing the cat school because I wanted him to have a routine down, but then also be able to be under control and not feel afraid. And so the cat school really helped me prepare him with carrier training. Um, I'm still working on that because he still gets skittish around a carrier, but I took him on little car trips. I took him for short little bursts where I would actually put him in the car and let him out when I was parked where the car was off and just let him walk around in the car with the door closed and just let him explore the car while I was sitting in there and I didn't do anything. I just sat there and let him walk around and climb on me and climb on the dashboard and people probably thought I was nuts. <laughs> but like, there's a lady sitting there with her cat walking around. But then taking little road trips with Ricky. So just driving around the block and then gradually extending those times where he was riding in the car and in the smaller carrier for the road trip, I took a huge expandable kennel that expanded the cross back seat. So he had the full range of the back seat to himself. So it's very important, especially on long trips for a cat that he's able to stretch and move around and he's not confined but it also allowed me to put the litter box in there so I found a little travel litter box that zipped up on Amazon <laughs> and was able to put that in the back seat inside the travel kennel and so I didn't have to worry about him having to stop and get him to go to the bathroom and all that it's all right there for him so his litter box is right next to him he could get to it when he needed to just making sure that his knees were going to be taken care of on the road trip. Didn't you have him practice with that in the house before you put it in the yeah. car? Yeah, yeah, I did. I took the kennel out. So probably about a month before the trip, I unfolded the kennel and left it in the hallway for him to explore. And he would lay in it and stuff. Um, a couple of days before the trip, I actually took the travel litter box out and put it in there. So it kind of simulated what it would be like to have the litter box in the kennel. The key with a cat is to do everything gradually and slowly so they it's not a huge surprise to them. And so making small incremental changes really helps them to get used to the new situation. And overall, I mean, he did really well. He didn't really have any major issues. There were some, some car freakouts at some points, but, you know, that's when he was just ready to get out because he'd been sitting in there for hours. The key for just planning for this road trip, I did a lot of Googling. I did a lot of I watched a lot of YouTube videos of people that I travel with cats. I talked to my vet. I talked to the cat teacher, cat school cat teacher. She helped me so much because I had so many questions 
about getting him ready and you know I had family that would just travel with cats and not even put them in a carrier and just throw them in the back seat and hope for the best and that's not the way to do it <laughs> but you know I feel like it went well based on all the prep that I did so I'm really thankful that we didn't have any major um, emergencies or another thing is speaking of emergencies is making sure that you know where the emergency vets are along your route because mm. you never know what's going to happen. And so what I did was I, I just started f- looking for major cities along the interstates and looking for emergency vets that were open 24 hours because some of them are only open on certain hours during the weekdays and knowing that, okay, if I have a major issue, <laughs> then I can stop and, there'll be a vet here that I can go into and get help. But yeah, planning ahead. <laughs> I I tend to over-prepare for everything, um, especially going back to the packing. I mean, I tend to pack way more than I need because I'm always like, well, what if you need it? You need to make sure you have it. <laughs> and so I took a lot. I took way more than I needed with me on this trip. And so I've learned for the next trip that I don't need quite as much stuff that I took, but I didn't know. I've never traveled with a cat before. I had so many cleaning supplies, paper towels and garbage bags and You were so thorough. I had everything. I'm like, I don't know if I'll need all this stuff, but I just, I don't want to, I'm traveling by myself with my cat and I don't want something to go wrong and I'm not able to do something about it. So you traveled like you were traveling with a newborn child. (laughs) Well, because really, like, who who would think that's a great tip? I would never think to look up where emergency vets are along my route. Like, yeah, well, that that is internet research right there. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I mean, I've found so many sites where it gives you, like, 10 tips for traveling with your cat. And it's like, <laughs> know the veterinarians to go to, know the hotels to go to, and all these things. So, but overall, it can be done. You probably don't need to be as thorough as me, but... You can travel with your cat and it go really well. And I think Ricky didn't want to come back, honestly, but I think he did fine. So, Rose, that's how we prepare for the worst, but we also expect the best. So we're going to go into our travels. Preparing, preparing for the worst. for whatever could happen. But and expecting the best. Yeah, we're going to be ready for fun on our, on our travels. That's right. Okay, Rose, what is our one random thought? Our one random thought today is... Brush up, brush up, brush up. Here's the Bucky's mascot. <laughs> okay, you probably are way too young, most of our audience, to remember that. Well, maybe not everybody. I don't even remember it because it was in the 50s. But The Ipana. Oh, the, it's the Ipana toothpaste commercial. If you watch the movie Grease, you learned about it. But Bucky's, which we talked about earlier, was originally opened by Arch Beaver Applin and Don Wasick. So Applin... Hmm was nicknamed Beaver by his mom as a baby and has always been known by that moniker of Beaver. He also had an affinity for the old Ipana toothpaste mascot, Bucky the Beaver, which sings the song, Brush a, brush a, brush a, get the new pan a pan. Oh, because he had a buck tooth. Okay. He had a buck tooth, that's okay. right. So Beaver Applin, one of the co-founders of Bucky's, had a Labrador Retriever at that time when they were opening this new convenience store. And the Retriever's name was Buck. And so to come up with the perfect trifecta of naming, so was born Bucky's with Bucky, Buck, and Bucky the Beaver. 
Wow. Who would have known? Who would have known? So a lot of background. Bucky's mascot is a beaver. One of the co-founders at Labrador Retriever was named Buck. And so the Ipana toothpaste mascot was Bucky. And so they re-spelled it in a different way and called it Bucky's. Wow. I, I, you know, you just think something is randomly picked and there's a whole... I know. You just think Bucky the beaver mascot was just... Mm -hmm. That's why they named it. So there you go. Mm -hmm. So Heather, what's our Ricky thought today? Well, just to wrap up what we were talking about with traveling and with Ricky, my thought for him is what is scary at first turns out to be not so bad in the end. And Mm -hmm. I will say that was the case with traveling with Ricky, but also with him being at my parents' house because he was really scared the first week because he didn't know that he didn't know the house. He didn't know the people in the house. He was really afraid of my dad. <laughs> when my dad would walk down the, the hallway, Ricky would run from him. And then eventually he would start inching out and looking at my dad and trying to figure out where he was going and stuff. So it was really funny. But by the second week, he was, I think I mentioned this last time, but he was loving life there. He was rolling over and exposing his belly, which is really <laughs> good for a cat if he does that because it means he's really comfortable. And he was the king of his lair by the mm-hmm. time we left. And so I don't, I really don't think he wanted to come back i think he would have been happy if i left him there but (laughs) (laughs) he's a creature habit like all cats are but what he's learned is that what is so scary at first is not that bad after a while if you get used to it so that's right well let's move into our final segment of one single question so today's one single question is what is one of the craziest travel experiences you've had oh my gosh heather (laughs) What about what about it? What's a crazy travel experience that you've had? Well, there's been a, f- a few. Um, probably one of the craziest was several years ago. I lived like 10 minutes from the Louisville airport. Very close. I lived in downtown Louisville. And it was Christmas of 2004. And I was flying home for Christmas. And it was the year that we got this major snowstorm here and it was about 10 inches of snow I believe I had a ride arranged for the airport but they were snowed in finally my neighbor who lived above me who had worked third shift at UPS was able to drive me to the airport and so all that to say the flights got canceled because it was like a crazy three or four day of snow event and I ended up spending the night in the airport when I lived 10 minutes from there when (laughs) because there was no I don't think the buses were running. There was no way for me to get home because the flights kept getting canceled and delayed. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to stay in the airport because hopefully I'll be able to get a flight out the next day. I ended up sleeping on the floor. I met another girl there who was taking a um, make-it-and-bake-it oven to her niece for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) We were both sleeping on the floor. So I made a friend, at least for hanging out, and we ended up sitting up in this restaurant it was like three o'clock in the morning and we couldn't sleep it's like let's just sit up in here and so finally um in the morning i got a standby flight at six o'clock and i had not it had been i'd been in the airport for over 24 hours and you know and it was super early and the flight was going to leave at like six o'clock in the morning and so i thought you know what i'm going to go change clothes i had my suitcases i'm going to go change clothes and be comfortable i'm going to put on a sweatsuit because i'm it was a direct flight from louisville to charlotte i was going to see my dad there so i was going to get there early it was going to be like eight o'clock in the morning and i was like as soon as i get home i'm going to to their house i'm going to go to bed and so 
I look like a mess because I've been in the airport all night and not slept. I put on a, I get changed out of my normal nice clothes and put on um, sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Um, I had washed my, I don't, I don't even know if I had makeup on. I had totally clean, you know, washed my face and brushed my teeth like I was going to bed. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to sleep on the plane and then I'm going to see my dad. There's uh-huh. nothing to get. So I go to the gate, getting on the plane. I see the most gorgeous man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> And uh, he's reading a theology book. <laughs> wow, that right there is the that's and, the double that's the uh, double whammy right there. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh! And so I like, I just have to ask him, you know, if he's a, I mean, obviously he's a believer. Hopefully uh-huh. he's a believer. He's reading a theology book. So I was I went up and introduced myself. I was like, hey, are you a Christian? He's like, yeah. And I said, are you ref- are you reformed? Because I forget what he was reading, but he was it was some theology book that I recognized. And so he's like, oh yeah, I actually go to the seminary. And I said, "Oh, did you? How did you get here? Because he looked like he looked like he just stepped out of a magazine, mm-hmm. and he was just very well dressed mm-hmm. and very good looking. <laughs> and because uh, you know the roads are so really bad, he's like, oh no, I slept in the airport last night. Oh wow! I'm like, you know, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, it's nice talking to you. Whatever. Get on the plane. I ended up sitting next to the guy on the plane. <laughs> So did you find out his name and yeah. marital status and all that? Yeah. Oh, was he married? No, he was single. Oh. But mm. I look like a mess. <laughs> I mean, I was just like... I was, you know, that would have been a perfect love yeah. connection moment. Right yeah, there. well, it didn't work out, but um. <laughs> but it was really funny because um, I, I learned my lesson. <laughs> Always be prepared. Always be prepared. That was one that... And it did, I mean, looks, that's just superficial, of right, course. Right, but, right. But... He was I mean, theology I could book. have at least done my hair, put my makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, that is just the tip of the iceberg because that was just a crazy two days of sleeping in the airport when I could have easily gone home. Mm-hmm. But that's just one of the many crazy stories I have traveling. What about you, Rose? <laughs> so my experience uh, was similar to the movie The Terminal. Maybe not quite as extreme, oh. but... I was leaving San Francisco er, from I was leaving from San Francisco Airport for a work trip and I was of course flying Delta cuz again Amazon the only way to buy Delta the only way to fly Jesus mm-hmm. the only way to die and I got on the plane we were you know getting ready to 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 take off and we didn't and after a while they had us all deboard and apparently there was some mechanical issue well Delta was great they they did this whole spread of snacks and drinks and everything there at the wow. gate. And so we were trying to find out, are we, will they be able to fix it so that we could take off or what was going to happen? And so what ended up happening was you had two options. The flight was going to leave late. It would get to Minneapolis, which is where the connection was. But you would get there at probably in the middle of the night and then turn around and have to be up to head back to the airport at like 4 or 5 a.m. So basically they would take you to a hotel for two or three hours to turn around or they would give you a bunch of vouchers for future flights and for food and let you take the red eye, which Mm. uh, would take you to Detroit and then from Detroit to Louisville. So I said, you know what? I'm going to opt for the red eye. It was one or two o'clock in the afternoon. I had had snacks 
I had my backpack, I had my Kindle, I had my phone, I had my chargers, all of that. So I thought, I'm just gonna hang out at the airport. And so that's what I did. I got my vouchers. I just hung out there at that gate. In fact, that was the same gate the red eye was going to leave from. And there was a gift shop right by the, the the gate. There was a really nice restaurant close to the gate. And so I ate dinner at the restaurant on my vouchers and just people watched mm-hmm. for the next, mm, <laughs> from 2 p.m. till about 11 p.m. Oh my goodness. And it was, you know, I think the Terminal movie, Tom Hanks was in the airport for days, maybe. But about nine or ten hours was enough for me. I was ready to get on that plane. Um, I got... That's kind of how it was with me. I sat next to... Actually, ironically, I sat next to a very good-looking young chiropractor (laughs) who would not shut up. So my goal was to sleep on the flight from... San Francisco to Detroit and it took a while but finally he did let me sleep but he was so sweet he put my stuff up in you know the overhead bin he he was great he was great and I probably looked a mess because I'd been in the airport all day see what is this with the I don't know I don't know it's it makes for a good movie though so landing in Detroit and I was just literally exhausted got the, got home and I think I slept the whole day. I will say this I didn't mention this earlier but I drove, I had parked at the airport at, mm-hmm. for that trip and wheelchair assistance in Louisville at least, they would wheel me all the way to my car from mm-hmm. baggage claim so I got my, we get my bags but one thing you may want to keep in mind if you have a handicap sticker um, most airports will honor long term parking prices even if you park in short-term parking handicap spots. Oh. So as long as you show your placard when you leave, mm-hmm. they will honor that pricing. So it was actually cheaper for me to do long-term parking because I always got mm-hmm. a very cheap a cheap rate. But that's my crazy experience. Well, that wraps up our episode for today, Rose. In two weeks, we will be back on Valentine's Day. We have a very special guest. Yes, we do. Uh, Jalen Cook, who is the wife of Dr. Bill Cook, who we interviewed back in November, I believe. And she will be with us to talk about wonderful things um, in terms of women's ministry and discipleship of believers and how she juggles many hats, being a pastor's wife, a faculty wife, all the other things she does, ministry leader. Mm-hmm. We already have interviewed her, actually, and so we're really excited to share this with you. It's a really good discussion we had with her. Yeah, it'll be a great, yeah. another great interview. So, everybody, until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 